journey as we put therapy in motion by highlighting some of the most innovative and game-changing mental health and wellness professionals from around the world. Tune in as we shine light on the mental health needs of so many. You deserve to be free. This is Tim Um, I'm your host, Daniel Brooks, owner and creator of Good Counsel, where we're here to make healing possible. Even during times like this, we're here to shine light on the mental health needs. Um, tonight, we're going to kick it all off with a very close friend of mine, um, Ashley Harris, who's a licensed clinical mental health counselor. I know it's a mouthful, um, hailing all the way from Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, she's also a certified hypnotherapist. She received her um, undergrad degree from uh, North Carolina A&T in psychology. I'm a Hamptonian. We're not going to hold that against her. But she also, after that, she went on and received her master's degree in EDS and uh, family centered therapy from UNC Greensboro. Um, since then, she's worked in the community mental health sector for many years from a clinical director, doing supervision for other um, potential um, counselors who's looking to jump into the field. And most recently, while she's here, a certified hypnotherapist. You guys, be sure to tune in. We have a 10 part series. We're going to bring 10 dynamic mental health and wellness professionals to you. But now, without further ado, Ashley, welcome. What's up? Hey, hey. hey. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. How you holding up? How cold are you treating you? It's, it's going. This is the first time I've actually done something with myself, even though I'm not seeing anybody. I feel like you guys yeah. can still see me. So I decided to yeah. you know, do something with myself today. Yeah, I'm probably I, the hardest thing was figuring out what to put on today. I had no idea what because I ain't put on clothes in forever. So it was, it was tough. I... It was definitely tough. Um, so how you um, how things, you know, we're going live. Everything is. Let's see how we how we hold enough here. Then we throw. There we go. Oh, all right. Yeah. How uh, um you said uh how, how the kids, how's the family? They're doing well. Yeah. They're doing well. Having kids at home is you know interesting and you think all the time you want to work from home, but now mm -hmm. I would yes, I, I would be okay with just going back to work sometimes. Yeah. So I, I envy you parents who are doing this and and uh, I just commend you guys. You know, you guys are you know, working hard at home still. You know, you can't miss a beat. So um, definitely hats off to you as, as a mom and as a parent. So let's get into it. Um, All right. You know, we're here to talk about mental health. You know, you, you have a very unique specialty um, in the mental health field. But let's start here. How did you, you know, let's educate the people. How did you even get started into counseling, into mental health in the first place? Okay. So... For me, I, you know, as a teenager, I really didn't know what I wanted to do when I got older. I didn't even really know what I wanted to major in, in in high school. And I remember dating this guy and spending time with his family and his parents seemed to just have this amazing marriage. And that wasn't something that I necessarily saw in the world around me. I mean, people were married, um, but I didn't see the type of marriage that I saw in his house. Mm -hmm. And so um, I thought to myself at that point, you know, I want that for people. Like I, I feel yeah. people need to have that because wow. again, I didn't know um, 
that that even existed. And so I thought, wow, they really seem to love each other. They, they, you know, from my small experience in high school, I'm like, wow, they, they have it together. And so I thought to myself, I want that for other people. I mean, hell, I want it for myself. And yeah. so um, I didn't really know like what it was, was this um, marriage coaching? I didn't really know what it was, but I just knew that I wanted to help people to get to that place. And wow. so, like you said, I went to grad, I went to undergrad at a and mm -hmm. and, um, and I majored in psychology mm -hmm. and little did I know, I thought if you major in psychology, you come out as a psychologist. <laughs> so I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, I'm about to be good. And yeah. so, uh, I thought that was the end game. And then quickly I realized, no, there's not much that I was going to be able to do um, as far as what I wanted to do without, you know, furthering my education. So um, at the time, I'm not really sure where they are now, but at the time, UNCG was number two in the country for counseling departments. Oh. So and it was right up the street. So I said, you know what, I don't have to do much, you know, changing. I can just, you know, stay in Greensboro. I have family here. I love the area, have friends that were still here. So um, I went to UNCG and I majored in couples and family therapy. Mm -hmm. um, I got my first job after grad school while I was collecting my licensure hours um, working with couples. Oh, and wow. I hated it. So <laughs> after all of this stuff, I was like, I, this is exactly what I want to do. Um, I worked with couples for a very short amount of time and it was a nightmare. I, I realized that a dyad, a, a, a two-person team is the most unstable team. And what they do is they have to make a triangle. So they pull you wow. in, into wow. their relationship wow. and everybody wants you to side with them. And it just became, I mean, it was too much for me. Yeah. And so with my little experience at that time, being fresh out of grad school, I was like, this is, no, I'm not doing this anymore. So <laughs> I joined the community mental health world and mm -hmm. I started working with families. And at the time that was, you know, that was exactly what I needed um, professionally and and I, and I still love community mental health and work with families. Wow. Yeah. I know for a long time, I never really understood all that you did. And so I appreciate that you just you just educated me. That, right. But you're absolutely right that, um, you know, I was similar in getting my psychology degree. I didn't really understand what I was doing. I just knew I wanted to help people. And that's really where, you know, all of this came from, even with good counsel and therapy and motion. And Tim Talks, we wanted to highlight the people who just genuinely wanted to help, you know, if exactly. not help, we're just good at helping people. So, um, exactly. so, exactly. so I, I definitely, that, that's a, that's a long journey. And, and now we're here and now you're at hypnotherapy. hypnotherapy. Yes. Wow. Why hypnotherapy? Tell me. <laughs> well, um, I actually, um, when I joined into, when I got into this mental health world, it was the landscape was changing to managed care organizations. And so the MCO started and things started to look different. So when I talked to my coworkers who are a lot more experienced, things looked a lot different for them. And so I quickly learned that in order to survive in this managed care world, you have to set yourself apart from other people. Oh, wow. um, you have to find a niche. You have to find a specialization in, in all of this. Mm -hmm. And an expert in something. Yeah. And so you have, again, you have to find something that speaks to you, something that's your passion. And, you know, a lot of the times 
we start with ourselves. We figure out, okay, what is wrong with me? And what would, you know, what, what would help me out? And so um, I, I just kept searching for what would make me happy, what would be exciting to me. And when we had our LPC ANC conference that came into town, I decided to sign up for the conference and I saw hypnotherapy as one of the, um, the trainings. So I took it. And I was like, wow, this is different. And I'm different. So I was like, this yeah. is fit with my personality. And so I took the class and it was really interesting. But I felt like it was, you know, the first introductory course. It's kind of like when you first trying to learn a stock market. It's like, I, this is too much for me. This is, this, is, this is too many, too much brain conversation. And, and I'm not trying to do that. And so um, the first course was a little bit intimidating, but it was exciting and it was different. Um and I knew it was it would probably come back to me at some point. But I think that I personally was fearful, just like everyone else. I didn't mm -hmm. want to take that risk because I knew um, I'm not sure how this is going to be received by my co my colleagues. Whenever yeah. I say yeah, yeah. like, oh, I do hypnotherapy, you instantly just see people's faces and it's either like disgust or extreme interest. <laughs> and so yeah. I remember going to the chiropractor of, like months ago. And I have, I just decided to put down when you have to put your occupation instead of just putting therapist or mental health, I put, you know, hypnotherapist. And we just spent like almost my entire chiropractor visit, him just talking about hypnotherapy and wow. hypnosis and, you know, looking at me like I was a total weirdo. But um, so it, it really just fit with my personality, but I was fearful. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I don't know how this is going to be received by my colleagues. And I definitely don't know how it's going to be received by the population that I'm working with right now. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't really want to jump out there and take that risk of, you know, the financial risk, the getting certified. So I kept putting it on the back burner, putting it on the back burner. And every now and then, I would go to a training and get a little bit more information and I would get excited again. Yeah. Um, and then I remember um, having a moment in my own life where I'm like, man, I need to see somebody for this anxiety. Like I'm just getting worked up at every, every corner. And so yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to a hypnotherapist. And so, so you've, I, you've gone to hypnotherapy. Yes. So I decided wow. to go to hyp hypnotherapy. Um, now, it turns out that I ended up going to a hypnotist who is not a hypnotherapist. So the difference, the difference. Being, I got to know the difference. Yeah. So the difference just being if you're going to call yourself a hypnotherapist, you have to already hold a licensure okay. in some state okay. as like a, a pharmacist or, or helping profession. Yeah. OK. OK. Right. So you can be a certified hypnotist. Like people who do stage hypnosis, they, they're certified hypnotists. Um, they know that tool. Um, but it doesn't mean that they are, they are approved to work with, you know, mental health issues. And so it's just taking a tool, hypnotism, and putting it with therapy wow. and using it as a tool. So people identify differently. The lady who I went to see identified herself as a hypnotist. I identify myself as a therapist first with the hip hypnosis as a tool. Okay. To okay. And so anyway, so I went to hypnotherapy. I went to, to see a hypnotist for my anxiety and it was, I mean, it was exactly, I was like everyone else. I went there um, and I had just seen the movie Get Out. And <laughs> I, you know, I went, she, um, she was amazing, but um, she, 
did her uh, therapy out of her own um, downtown studio. But you had a little so, bit of knowledge, though, when you're going into it. So you weren't right. in the dark. So you had a little bit, okay, a little bit of training. Yeah, so I had a little bit of knowledge of, you know, just just enough to, be, enough to be afraid. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Like you, you just have enough. You knew what she could afraid. do to you. Uh, just yeah. enough to be ignorant. And yeah. so yeah, yeah. I went there, and I remember telling all of my friends, and I even had one friend that was like, text me when you get there. If I don't hear from you in an hour, I need you to drop your location. I'm pulling up. Like, like a first date, huh? Yes, yes. <laughs> even my husband, he's like, you do a lot of weird things and I don't say anything, but I just need you to leave this one alone. Wow. And so, you know, everybody's so fearful. And so, of course, I go in fearful. And uh, when I get there, she offers me tea. And I start to immediately, mm -hmm. like, feel like I'm, yeah. I'm getting, like I'm, I'm falling. I'm getting high. I don't know. I don't know exactly. I'm, I'm yeah. thinking, like, what is going on here? This is crazy. Yeah. And I mean, I really had the first, you know, the first settling simply just mm -hmm. because of my fear. But then, the the next two sessions that I had, yes, only three for my anxiety. Um, the the session that I had, the next two sessions, I mean, it was amazing. It was it was amazing. And wow. so after that, um, I took another course in hypnotherapy, and I realized with a with a, a treatment that has an over ninety percent effective rate, it is my responsibility. That's how I felt. It is my mm -hmm. responsibility to get certified in this. And to educate people wow. so that they aren't fearful, so that they can have access to something, um, in you know some something in something else in their recovery. Yeah, yeah, and and, and that's the whole purpose um, of what we're trying to do. We're trying to shine light on you know not just the traditional sit on the couch, talk to a therapist, which is a, a great you know genre of therapy also. But there's so many other things because we all suffer from different different things. We've all gone through things that we've normalized and, and we need to kind of work through them. So you felt after three sessions, your anxiety had gotten better. Yes. So um, the way hypno hypnotherapy works, typically people, um, uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for. Um, they market advertise. It, it's in a package deal. Okay. So the way we change is through repetition. And so we ensure that our clients are going to actually make changes and maintain those changes when we get them to commit. That's the word, to commit to that three session package. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times therapists, um, hypnotherapists uh, will throw in like, um, you know, you, you pay for three sessions and then you get a fourth maintenance session. And so there's a study that was done by it's a longitudinal study by Alfred Barrios. I might not be saying his last name correctly, but mm -hmm. it shows that 72% of people um, report recovery or a level of success in behavioral therapy after uh -huh. 22 sessions, 22, yeah. 22 sessions. And yet hypnotherapy, people report a 92% recovery success rate after six sessions. Wow. So, if you think about it, it marketing yeah. it as a package deal of you have to do, you know, you're paying for it. You might as well come to all three sessions. And then a month later, you get kind of like a booster, like a maintenance mm -hmm. session mm -hmm. um, because it's it's highly effective. Wow. And, and so, so, no, I, I would just so so you go. Yeah. Those three. So what type of things does you were probably about to get into? It, so what type of things would 
you know, someone be be more apt to want to go to hypnotherapy for? Is there a specific set of um, mental health blockages, uh, anxiety, depression, or can it kind of help with anything? Um, I would say that, so typically there, um, people go to like hypnotism um, mm-hmm. has been, people go for stop smoking. That is, that's usually smoking mm-hmm. cessation is typically your classic, you know, hypno, hypnos, hypnosis, um, issue that people bring to the table. Um, People go for smoking cessation. People go for weight loss um, and um, people go for anxiety. But I mean, you can anything that you can treat with therapy, your, you know, your traditional therapy can you can treat it in the hypnotherapy session because hypnosis is simply an accelerant to the therapy process. And so it's just a tool that you're using in your there in your treatment so the only thing that i would say that it would not be good for is like a paranoid client somebody who might have um some you know some mm-hmm. psychosis mm-hmm. um it, it's not going to be good for um somebody in that with that with that yeah, presenting problem yeah. um but as far as um your tip your anxiety in your depression and um things of that nature it, it's extremely effective uh, mm-hmm. for those you know, so, diagnosis that we see every day. So for, for me, you know, um, it definitely sounds amazing. So, but, but still to ease some of those tensions that I, that you even said you had, you were still nervous going into it. Right. You had some training in it. So I know people are kind of like, you know, with any therapy, what, what can I expect? Like, what am I going to go in and you about to put me to sleep and I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be barking like a dog, you know, that's the stuff. Right. Right. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. So I'll kind of start with, you know, what hypnosis is not, um, Mm -hmm. because, again, um, hypnosis is not, uh, you know, it's the the stigma behind it. It's all, you know, and it it sucks because therapy, you already it already has a stigma behind it and um, the, the fear of vulnerability and things of that nature. And then you have this other treatment, um, that is, is extremely, um, mystical in people's brain and and it's so unknown in people's brain and so but and then when we have tv shows and movies like get out then people are um i'm thinking about all the times that i've seen anytime that i've seen hypnosis it's always i remember watching martin when she got hypnotized and she was because she went and got hypnotized by the dentist um which again is becoming um, which is becoming more prevalent in medical practices for them to treatment. Mm-hmm. And that was actually what I was talking to my chiropractor about partnering with him um, to do some hypnotism for pain management. But anyway, so movies and TV, it just perpetuates that fear um, that we're going to, again, be barking like a dog because mm-hmm. of our um, things. That- One second. We'll be okay. back. There we go. You good? Okay. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Barking yeah, like a so, dog. Yeah, like stage hypnotism. <laughs> um, yeah. And yes, that is real. That's not my skill set. And so, yeah. um, again, I'm using it for healing, not for mm-hmm. labs. But, you know, there are um, stage hypnotists and they're really good at what they do. Um, but then again, there's there's no such place as the sunken place. I guarantee you there is no, no, no. sunken place. Okay. Still, there's no sunken place. Um, the other thing is yes there is a trance 
like state. And okay. I'll kind of get a little bit more into that, but you're not going to be left in a trance. The God forbid, if I'm doing a, a, a hypnotherapy session with you and you are in a hypnotic trance and then somehow I have some heart attack and I die, mm -hmm. um, you're not going to be stuck in a trance. The, the, the worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to fall asleep and get the best sleep of your life and wake up and be terrified that there is my dead body there. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so there is no trance that you get left into. Um, yes, like I said, there is stage hip hypnotism. Um, I know that a lot of times people think, you know, hypnosis is, is the work of the devil. Even looking at the, the marketing for our Tim mm -hmm. talk, you got the red eye. And it's yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you, know, it, you know, it's synonymous with like evilness. Um, and a lot of times people think, oh, you're playing in my brain and um, and it's some mind control. Trust me, I will be making way more money if I figured out mind control. And so oh. I tell everyone there is nothing that you're going to do while hypnotized that you would not do when you're not hypnotized. So yeah. it's kind of like when you are drinking, you might have lowered inhibitions, but there are some things that you are just not gonna do. And yeah. so, yeah. because it's not in, it's not in you. Mm -hmm. um, so I try to kind of let people know first, like what it's not, because I think that fear is what mm -hmm. keeps people from actually mm -hmm. seeking out, you know, this treatment that could be really effective for them or even therapists seeking out um, this treatment for them to learn to actually you know practice it's, it's not that complicated that's great no so so coming into it does it start you know like i don't know is there like a warm-up do we like you know do we like or you just go straight yes. in and, <laughs> and just go like do right. i tell you what's going on so um Every, just like with therapy, everybody has their own style. If you know mm -hmm. me, I, I, mm -hmm. I don't have a very warm and fuzzy therapy style. Mm -hmm. um, so the the lady who did my hypnotism, she, did, she had a very soft, relaxing voice. Even my trainer um, had a very warm, relaxing voice. And my entire training, I just kept saying, I'm, I can't talk that soft. Like, my voice is loud. I can't do that. Yeah. And so they, you know, we had... Um, guest speakers and they had extremely different um uh counsel you know they had extremely different mm -hmm. styles of um performing their hypnotism and so every therapist just like with your traditional therapy session has a different style of what that's going to look like again most hypnotists are going to put together a package for you mm -hmm. all of them are going to do an intake um, with mm. you and kind of explore what your presenting problems are, okay. you know, what, okay. what you're coming into to treatment for. So like um, a traditional assessment process. A traditional assessment process. Mm -hmm. It's not as formal. Um, mm -hmm. Of course, if a person is actually doing therapy and billing for therapy, then of course mm -hmm. there are certain things that they have to do for, you know, billing purposes, but um, it's not going to be like your traditional clinical assessment, okay. um, but they are going to have their own intake process where they're going to talk about um, what hypnosis is. They're going to talk about the common misconceptions to relax mm -hmm. you. Okay. Um, again, have that transparency that every therapist should have the informed consent. Um, and then they're going to do the intake. That's going to look a little bit more like traditional therapy because they're going to get an understanding of what does this issue mean to you? How is it affecting your life right now? Mm -hmm. Why are you coming to hip hypnotic? Uh, we we back. I'm sorry. Can you hear yeah. me? Yeah, yeah, we, we we back. We working with uh this COVID nineteen. Yeah, I hear you. Hold on, I can't I can't hear you. Uh oh. Hold on. 
We good. I, I, I can uh, post the questions on the banner. I, I can't, hold on, I can't hear you. Let's go. She'll be back. Hey, you guys, keep posting your questions. Uh, we're going to keep this thing rolling. It was getting good. Um, but just like everything else, we got to kind of work with technology. I know some of you guys have been um, dealing with this stuff in your Zoom calls and, 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 and dealing with it with your day-to-day -day life and making sure your internet connection is up. Um, I appreciate all you guys tuning in. I see you, Crystal. I see you, Chris. I see you, Derek. What's up, guy? Um, I appreciate you guys. As soon as she comes back in, we'll see if we can... Um, um, get get to some of your questions. Uh, okay, here she goes. She's coming back. Let's see if we can get her back in. Hey, can you hear me? Hey, just kidding. I'm back. <laughs> I don't know. What yeah, we got. <laughs> All right. Sorry good. About that. Um, good. Yeah. So, kind of lost my train of thought, but I was saying that um, that um, yeah. So the intake process, just really exploring what that actually, you know, what you're what you're coming into treatment. For for what that means to you, how it's impacting your life, what life will look like after this issue is no longer a concern for you. And that way, um, the therapist has an idea of where, where to guide Mm -hmm. during, during this um, process. And right. so, of course, it's, again, it's going to look different for everybody because the therapist is going to have a different style. The presenting problem is going to look different. All of us have sort of, um, you know, different ways about us that make, you know, the way I hypnotize you is going to look a little bit different than the way I might hypnotize someone mm. else based on my assessment of you. Mm. And you know me pretty good. Are you hypnotizing me right now? I need to be worried. So, so we got a few questions coming in um, through, through Facebook. I know this is a great one from Chris R. Um, they, they ask, uh, is hypnotherapy typically covered by insurance? Yes. So um, depending on, again, the way your particular, so if you have like, so I went to a hypnotist. So that service, unfortunately, was not covered um, under my insurance. Mm -hmm. And then you have to also just like, like as therapists, we have to be on different panels. So there are times when certain therapies are not, you know, certain therapists are not in a certain network that you might have. So what a lot of hypnotists do is they just, you know, put together a package and, um, mm, and it's okay. self-pay. Okay. Um, but as a hypnotherapist, you don't always have to um, you don't have to bill under yeah. a hypnotist code. Yeah, you can yeah. bill under a therapy code because it's, um, again, it's just a tool that you're using within your therapy model. So if you go to a hypnotherapist um, and, there are, and they're in your network, then nine times out of 10, then yes, they'll be billing under, okay. you know, therapy. Yeah, so I hope that answers the question. Cool. Great question. Um, so, so, so with that, so is it, are there a lot of hypnotherapists? Like, is it, can you just look them up? Like, how does that happen? Well, I was going to say, I actually, um, I don't know what the market looks like everywhere, but I know for, you know, my area and for, um, you know, some, 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 some of the surrounding areas, they have like this hip, hypnosis meeting every month. And mm. so um, when I sat around the table, it wasn't a lot of people that, that, I met that was actually certified. And I think it was people from like um, Greensboro and Winston and Durham, Raleigh, those, you know, areas. I don't think I saw anybody from Charlotte, but again, it's, um, it's, 
hypnotism is not something that's new. It's been around. around, Um, There's a book that I read called Trauma and Recovery, and it talks about how hypnotism has been around. The trance-like state has been around in every culture from the beginning of time. And we used it with, you know, war vets and things of that nature. So it's not something that's new, but it hasn't really gained a lot of traction just because Mm -hmm. of how it's portrayed, you know, in the media. So um, that kind of goes into, we had another question from uh, my boy, Derek. Um, He he said, how do you as a hypnotherapist get clients um, and fight the stigma of hypnotized versus other forms of therapy? So how do you get them? Like you kind of touched on a little bit earlier, but just, you know, how do you kind of get clients to kind of, you know, Well, lure them in, I guess, so to speak. Right, right. Well, with the current, you know, with with the current popular, I mean, well, first of all, doing things like this, bringing attention, drawing attention Mm -hmm. to um, to hypnotherapy and to other forms of therapy, because, again, one size does not fit everyone. Traditional therapy is not effective for everyone. Everybody's not comfortable in that setting. And so um, educating people, um, educating yourself, educating your coworkers, um, and just having conversations like this and using Mm -hmm. these type of forums, I think is really helpful. But then also when you are like from my my individual practice, when I am seeing clients, I introduce them to it. I don't force them to do it. But if I'm already there working with you on anxiety, then why not use a strategy that's going to help your anxiety in three to six sessions versus me sitting here doing behavioral therapy for 22. You may or may not get a benefit from it. So again, it's just an accelerant to actual therapy that we're already doing. And, and, and with that, I guess that the, how can um, you know? So, so one of my questions, you know, even with uh, therapy, emotion, and Tim talks, you know, that my whole goal with doing all of this is like, you know, what next for mental health? You know, I, I want to push the envelope and push the conversation for mental health. So, so I guess it's kind of off the wall kind of question is is. Um, is there like what, what's the future of your practice? What do you want to see kind of happen within hypnotherapy or within the mental health world in itself? Um, well, for me, I want to make sure that um, I want to make sure that there is, I want to get, a t- I want to draw attention to therapy because we all need help. At some mm-hmm. point in time, we all need to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that for me, the biggest thing is making sure that there is longevity in the work that we're doing and in highlighting therapy in the community. And yes, I want to normalize it, but I don't want therapy to be a fad. I don't want it to be, you know, it's, it's the cool thing to do right now. So every, every time I meet somebody, I'm like, yeah, I just love therapy. And it's like the cool <laughs> thing to do. Like every time I go to the doctor, I'm like, yeah, just, I don't just say, you know, I yeah. got strep throat and I just uh-huh. go to the doctor. It's like normal. I want therapy to be so normal that we don't have to broadcast it all the time. It's something yeah. that is just as natural as if my throat hurts, I'm going to the doctor. To the doctor. And so I think that, I want it to become so normal that we don't have to mention it anymore because it just has become so normalized. And I want there to be longevity. I don't want it to be just this fad where everybody's Mm -hmm. getting therapy in our generation. And then all of a sudden it just kind of dies out because it's not the thing to do anymore. 
Um, and so, so that's the, you know, the biggest thing for me. And I think, um, I think hypnosis fits and, and right, right now because of the, the entire landscape, the society that we live in, we want everything fast. Everything is microwaved. We want everything fast and, and we don't want to do any work either. So it's like, mm -hmm. I needed to be fast. I needed to make me feel good. And I don't want to do nothing for it. So, yeah, 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 um, yeah. Is, you know, that is the society we live in. And, you know, hypnosis kind of fits within that mold because yeah. you have, when you go to see a hypnotherapist, you have that immediate feel good. So when you go to, um, to your doctor, because again, your throat hurts, they're going to prescribe you a medication, give you some mm -hmm. cough drops, you know, whatever. And then you're going to feel good after you take those antibiotics within a couple of hours. So therapy does, traditional therapy doesn't always work like that. Um, sometimes you feel worse before you feel better. And, mm -hmm. and, you, and there's a lot of work that you have to do. When I go to the regular doctor, I just tell them what my symptoms are. And I'm like, all right, what's, what's going on with me? And yeah. tell me what I need to do. That's, that's your job to figure this out. Mm -hmm. And they just give me something to make me feel better. And so, but therapy, you know, doesn't work like that. There is a lot of work on the client that they have to do. In therapy, we have this thing that says, don't work harder than the client. Well, in therapy, that's, you know, that's not the necessarily the case so in your hypnotherapy that's not necessarily the case so in traditional therapy we think of ourselves as you know the client is driving the car and we are a passenger and we're just guiding them along their journey whereas hypnotherapy is is more so of asking your client where you want to go all right get in shotgun and i'll take you there. Uh, so, love it's it, like, love it. so it's like you don't have to do any work i tell my clients when they come to do hypnotherapy don't help me Okay, don't help yeah, me out. Yeah, you don't yeah. have to do anything but lay there and take a nap. Like take let's just <laughs> let me here and take a nap. That's so hard for a lot of that I was gonna say when I say that is the hardest thing, they want to help me. And I'm like, get out of the way. Like let me drive. Yeah. All you need to do that, is relax. That's so, part of the problem, yeah. Yes. And it just goes against what we what we've been taught to do, you know, when we go to therapy. And yeah. so yeah. That's hard work. As we're coming to, you know, not meaning to rush anything, we are, I want to get to a couple more questions that, that we had come through Facebook. Um, okay. We have, because you know we're here in the Roanoke Valley, we have the Vice Mayor Joe Cobb. Um, thanks for tuning in, sir. I uh, really appreciate all, all your support. Um, so he says, over the course of your work, do you find hypnotherapy more helpful over a long-term process, or does it vary according to case? Like, do you see long-lasting effects um, from... So... Just like, you know, when I kind of started to mention, I have so much stuff to kind of talk about. I don't think we have time for everything. You have no, to bring me we can do a two-week um, opinion. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, okay. So in order for us to change, our mm -hmm. brain changes through repetition. So mm -hmm. therefore, when we go to hypnotherapy, and that kind of brings me to, so, just a quick and dirty version of hypno hyp hypnosis. Yeah. So we have hypnosis is simply just an altered state of consciousness. It's an okay. altered state of awareness. So therefore we have our front part of our brain, which is our conscious part of our brain. And that is our immediate awareness. That is what we, when, you know, that is our desires. That is, um, you know, our, our, where we're analyzing things, we're problem solving. And then we have our subconscious brain which we actually is our storehouse. It's where all of our memory is. It's where our mm -hmm. beliefs, our core beliefs are. And 95% of the time we are operating back here on autopilot. Mm 
So when we go to traditional therapy, we're using this smart part of our brain, desiring things for ourselves. And yet 95% of the time we're operating off of what's going on back here in the background. So what happens with, um, so I kind of use the example, like our, our conscious brain is like our gatekeeper. So whatever is not already downloaded back here that typically Mm -hmm. is downloaded between zero and seven years of age, whatever is downloaded back here, uh, whatever emotional experiences that we've had, traumas, falling in love, falling out of love, all of Mm -hmm. those things that are stored back here, Mm -hmm. that's running the show 95% of the time. So if you think about a simple explanation, like ever since we, you know, we've, since we've been a little kid, our parents tell us to eat all the food on our plate. And they tell us that for three meals a day, <laughs> all of our childhood, eat all the food yeah. on our plate. And, and what do they do when we eat all the food on our plate? Yay, yeah, good, good job. job. Good, you get yeah. praise. You get dessert. Um, you're such a big boy. Let me see your muscles. Mm-hmm. Like all those Didn't things. Didn't turn into muscles, I'm telling you. With no muscles. <laughs> right, right, right. So that is all stored back here. And so when you get to be my age and you're like, you know what? I want to lose weight. I want to lose weight. That's the desire that I have is healthy for me. You know, I, the doctor says I need to do it. What happens when you are 95% of your life operating back here and you're in a staff meeting and you're bored out of your mind and somebody brings in donuts, it's in your mouth before you even remembered that uh, I was not supposed to be eating that. So Um, A lot of times people think, oh, I'm going to go to therapy and I'm going to talk about these things and I'm going to get insight and then I'm going to will myself to make these changes. Well, if you read the book Willpower Willpower Instinct, you will learn that we only have a set amount of willpower and it runs Mm -hmm. out. So I might resist eating that donut because it goes with my desire. But yet by the time I come home and my husband's order pizza, I'm like, I can't do it anymore. (laughs) You just eat it all. And so... Um, so the way, you know, hip, hypnosis works is that we get to speak directly here, the person running the show. We get to forget all about this conscious brain and I get to relax your conscious brain and I get to talk to this person back here that's actually running the show. Wow. And I get to download new suggestions, new beliefs that you've told me you wanted anyway. And I get to download those things that become lasting through repetition. So. That's why you come to three sessions once a week and then you do a booster session a month later and then all majority hypnotherapists um, will audio tape their sessions and then we'll send you a file so that once a week, mm-hmm. all you do is fall asleep and you listen to that that tape once a week. And wow. so um, for a certain amount of time. And so, again, you might work on one particular issue. And um, and then you might come back to hypnotherapy. Maybe, you know, I went for weight loss. Now I want to come for smoking or whatever or for anxiety, you know, whatever the case may be. So um, our brain changes through repetition. And so you have you know, it it does. um, You will have benefits, but the benefits last a lot longer through repetition. Again, if you like I always tell everybody, if you think about um, like. Fresh Prince. Everybody knows mm-hmm. the intro to Fresh Prince. We have yeah. heard that <laughs> yeah, every yeah. week. And then when it came on reruns, mm-hmm. we will never forget the intro to that. Every single lyric to the day we die, because it is back here. We don't have to recall it in our media. It is back. It's just on autopilot. And that's that's what hypnotherapy does. It says, forget this. Let me talk to who's really in charge 95% of the day. And then and let me and let me have a reminder pep talk with that person once a month to remind them of of what you know what 
what you really desire. We have to be yeah. very careful um, when you think about the things that we allow to be downloaded back here. Um, when people say to me, you know what, I can't be hypnotized. Well, if you think about it, if hypnosis is simply an altered state of consciousness, an altered state of awareness, we're moving in and out of that all day. When you're driving in your car, you know, you're zoned out. Sometimes people don't want to use the word hypnotic trance. They just want to use the word mm -hmm. zone. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're in a zone. Um, and so we're, you know, we're in and out of hypnosis, that, that hypnotic trance all the time. You get in your car and go to work and don't even know how you got from point A to point B. You just got there. And so <laughs> wow. you are hypnotized. And what are you doing? You're listening to music while you're driving. So all those oh. lyrics songs you don't care to even know are downloaded into your brain, into your storehouse for you to repeat. You, you, know, like you know, a lot of songs you don't like, right? You, you exactly. Know I, I, I know a lot of Taylor Swift songs and I don't care <laughs> to know them, but it's again, downloaded in your storehouse for you to access on autopilot 95% of the time. So mm. it's really important to make sure that we are, um, that, you know, we are aware of, you know, what's going yeah, on around us yeah, because yeah. we are those messages those beliefs are all just we're just taking it all in we're just taking that, it all in and that's something that i've been cognizant of is just what's going inside you know if you eat yes. junk food all day you know you're going to you know, look like you eat junk food all day but if you put good things into your mind then good things will come out i want to give a little bit of feedback uh uh, Mayor Cobb, uh, Vice Mayor Cobb says that with great insight. Thank you. Uh, we had another listener saying, girl, you smart. <laughs> so, so they're definitely checking in. And one last question um, yep. from Ann and Megan, really good friends of ours. Um, she, she just stated, um, would this be best uh, form of practice for any type of PTSD? Do you see it working with any type of world of PTSD? Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's kind of what I was telling you about the book. I'm sorry, really quick, post-traumatic stress disorder. So just, yes. just, yeah. Yes. So absolutely. I was going to say that um, a lot of times um, when I, well, when I had mentioned the book about trauma and recovery and how trauma is something that has been around since the beginning and so is the hypnotic trance. And therefore that trance state has been used primarily in the beginning with um, war vets and people who are experiencing your traditional um, PTSD symptoms. Mm -hmm. um, I, so just like with depression and anxiety, it's the messages, it's that fear belief that we have that is stored back here. Um, it's that those poor coping skills, it's those intrusive thinking. Um, it is all of those symptoms of PTSD are those beliefs are stored back here. And then because we are 95% of the time running off of that fear, running off of that faulty thinking, um, running off of those, those um, that fear, then we're gonna be easily triggered and we're not able to focus on what we mm -hmm. desire for ourselves, which is to not live in that fear. Because again, we're functioning off of that faulty belief system. And yeah, no matter yeah. how much we yeah, try to yeah. override it, it's mm -hmm. like trying to hit control alt delete on a Mac. It ain't gonna work. So, <laughs> I love it. I love yeah, it. So. so so I really appreciate that, that question, Ann and Megan. Um so so really quick, um, as we finish up, I know we could go on and on and we definitely have to do a part two, but um how can people get in contact with you? Like, like if someone was looking to kind of get into some hypnotherapy or or find out some more, um, how can people get in contact with you? 
Um, I can definitely provide you with my card and they can call me directly. I know with the COVID-19 situation, it's just like everything's kind of shut down for me at mm -hmm. this point. And so I'm kind of putting together a waiting list and I'm also looking for any type of license, you know, clinicians who want to get certified. I can link mm -hmm. you with the lady who um, did my certification course. She was amazing. She's really well known in the hypnos hypnosis field. And so i um, trying to definitely put together my own little team out here yeah, yeah, um, yeah. so that we can start. Of bringing more awareness to um, hypnotherapy. So, so just so all of you guys know that uh, she, you know, Ashley will be added to to our website, wearegoodcounsel.com. Uh, I'll update that um, within the next 24 hours with her, some of her contact information, especially if you want to be certified, um, because I know right now, you know, with everything going on. Um, you know, telehealth and all of that stuff. COVID-19 is kind of hard to, to get connected with services. And you're, you know, unfortunately out of Greensboro, but if we can get more therapists certified in, then we can bring more and we'll have more access to them. So we'll, I'll be able to up, update their information so, you know, people can get in contact with you. Um, so I I really appreciate you. This was, this was uh, more than... I expected um, that this was, uh, like I said, you were supposed, she was supposed to do this and we still will if we have the expo, but um, you're supposed to be, be there and kind of give this presentation. But um, I really appreciate you. I, I can't thank you enough educating our people um, on, on different variations, different forms of therapy. Anything you want to leave us with? Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, I want you to just consider the fact that going to hypnotherapy is honestly kind of what you were just saying. You have to be more aware of what you're taking in. Hypnotherapy a lot of times is about learning not to be hypnotized by the things around you. And Ooh. so when you go into that hypnotherapy session, I try to let people know, hypnotize yourself before someone else does or before wow. something else does. You know, we're, we're in and out of that trance anyway. So it's, it's helpful to learn that skill set so that you can protect what you allow inside. I really appreciate you. Thank Absolutely. you so much. Um, Thank you. for checking in. Uh, you have a good night. Same thing. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye. So I uh, really appreciate you guys tuning in. That was our first ever episode of Tim Talks. Um, we had a few glitches here and there, but thank you guys for bearing with me. All of you all who tuned in, I can't thank you enough. I really appreciate you. Um, stay tuned. We have a, another great guest coming on. Um, this Sunday, um, here um, May 3rd, we have Noah, Noel Anderson with Anderson Music Therapy. We're going to give you just as much information about music therapy and just tune in all month. We're going to be with you every Sunday and Thursday. Um, log on to Facebook and like our page at We Are Good Counsel to receive the live updates. Uh, also, check subscribe to our YouTube channel at We Are Good Counsel also. And don't forget to check out our um, go, go to our website, wearegoodcounsel.com, where every person you hear throughout this month, you'll be able to get a link to them and get connected. We care about your mental health. Thank you for tuning in to Therapy and Motion Talks. We Are Good Counsel making healing possible. Thank you guys. Peace.